Hey there, it's Jordan. Hope everyone's having a lovely day. It is Thursday, August 31st, the year 2023 uh, in the United Corporations of America. I have been uh, maybe not, uh, I don't think I've been live this week because I have been uh, actively all week working on uh, my book. For those that don't know, it's moving along. Uh, fingers crossed, I should have a publisher pretty soon. Uh, but having uh, reported on uh, Flint for, I guess, time is a blur, seven, eight years at this point. Uh, it's not only writing, unfortunately, it's uh, going back through a shit ton of documents and information. Uh, on one hand, that is tedious. On the other hand, it's, it's exciting because I keep finding more corrupt stuff uh, that I missed the first time. Uh, so writing at the same time, uh, further reporting, and then uh, while writing new chapters, going back and adding stuff to old chapters. At the moment, got 14 chapters done. Uh, so uh, at the moment, looks like this is going to be well over 20. But uh, from what I've been told from the few uh, select people who have read so far, uh, it's very, very, uh, it's a good read and uh, worth the read. So anyway, I digress. Uh, definitely important topic today. Uh, obviously, uh, the corporate media is in full swing of uh, the 2024 election, uh, and there's been a lot of narratives uh, about Cornell West, which I have uh, reported on and debunked. But I wanted to kind of get into the nitty gritty on, you know, what's important is how many state ballots can he get on? Uh, Jill Stein, if memory serves me correct, was on uh, almost 50, I, I believe, 47 or 48 uh, in 2016. Uh, and Cornell West obviously first needs to win the nomination, which wouldn't officially happen until next year. Uh, but obviously, uh, it is a process to get on the ballot. Uh, and the Democratic Party, judging by the meltdowns that have been going on uh, in print, on cable news, uh, on uh, Twitter, they seem to want to make sure he uh, is not on uh, all the ballots, particularly in the key states. Uh, so we're going to get into it. Joining me now is Rick. Less. Uh, he is a member of the Green Party uh, and is working uh, to help uh, get Cornell on as many ballots as possible. How you doing, Rick? Doing great, Jordan. Thanks so much for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. We'll get into all the corporate media fear-mongering a little bit later. Uh, but first, just start us up. How long have you been involved uh, with the Green Party? And uh, tell us about uh, the kind of nitty gritty of getting on the ballot. Uh, people probably don't know what it entails. Yeah, there's a lot to it. Um, and every state's different, which makes it very difficult. Um, I helped Jill Stein on her campaign in 2016. We were on the ballot in 45 states and we were write-in candidates in three more. So 48 um, and three states don't allow write-ins and have really high signature thresholds and we didn't quite get it done. Um, but I think we're starting a lot earlier this time and we have a really good chance to be on the ballot in 50 states. Uh, right now we're really focused on Arizona because their deadline is November, I want to say 21st, and we need 37,000 valid signatures and we've got about 30,000. So we're well on our way. And, you know, as long as we keep up the pace we're going at now, we're going to be on the ballot in Arizona. It'll be our first really big win. Um, yeah, I don't know how much detail you want me to go into by state. Does by it state. have to be? Does it have to be specifically 
uh, signatures for Cornell West or the Green Party? So in Arizona, we're going for a ballot line for the Green Party so that they can run candidates up and down the ballot. If we get all these signatures, we can run candidates for Senate, Congress, and all the local races um, and statewide legislature and things like that. So we're really pushing for that in as many states as we can. There's 11 states that you can't petition to get a ballot line for a party. So those states we're going to go just for Cornell West for president. Some states will let him list the party. Some won't even do that. They'll just list him as nonpartisan or independent. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And let's show the map uh, while we have it. So oh, uh, great. this is the states uh, so far that you have ballot access. So that would be the green. Uh, so in terms of uh, swing, sta- swing states, because in reality, uh, it really is uh, running for president of seven or eight states, unfortunately, due to the Electoral College. Uh, but you got Wisconsin and Michigan. Uh, he's on the ballot, which is great. Uh, not Pennsylvania yet. Uh, not Georgia yet, which has now suddenly become a swing state. Uh, like you said, Arizona, not yet. Uh, Nevada, not yet. Uh, Florida, you are on the ballot, uh, which is great. Uh, so talk about um, in each state, what what is the basis? I mean, where do they come up with how many signatures and uh, it seems to me uh, some of those states, they they have often been moving the goalposts uh, to a higher threshold. Yeah, it's mixed every year. Um, Iowa, seven years ago, was 1,000 signatures, and the legislature bumped it up to 3,500 uh, this year because apparently there's too many choices for people on the ballot in Iowa, and it confuses the voter, and they just don't know what to do when they see four names to have to choose from. Uh, you know, you can go to 31 flavors and you can figure out what kind of ice cream you want. But <laughs> if you have four choices for president, it just it's mind boggling, apparently. Um, but all these rules come from state legislatures, um, from the number of signatures, to the form of the petition. I live in New Mexico. It's a very straightforward petition. You go out, someone prints their name, signs your name, puts their address. And that's that. In other states, you have to have the circulator has to be a resident or they have to sign an affidavit. In some states, they even have to have it notarized and they have to swear in front of a public notary that they witnessed everything. The laws are made by state legislatures. Um, and we've successfully challenged in the past in some states. And one of our one of the happiest moments in my life is in Pennsylvania when the courts ruled that 25,000 signatures was unreasonable and just set it down to 5,000. So, you know, after having years and years of really struggling to get on the ballot in Pennsylvania, we were able to get Jill Stein on in 2016 with a not easy, but a much simpler um, threshold for that. So, yeah, it's all state by state, every little thing. I should have said uh, on that map, the orange is in progress uh, for those that were wondering. Uh, So you got, you know, Nevada, Arizona, uh, Utah are in progress. Uh, Ohio in progress. Uh, What is that? Vermont. Um, So, so yeah, there's 12 12 states that were in progress and there's 13 states that we can't even start till after the first of the year, uh, which is another thing the state legislatures say, you know, in Washington, you have between, I don't have this date exactly right, forgive me, but it's like from May 5th to July 1st. That's the only time you can do petitioning. And there's 13 states like that that set certain petitioning periods. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're we're waiting, but we're organizing in those states too. Now, uh, obviously, we know. I mean, I I've seen it in past elections, but the most recent one that comes to mind is uh, the Democratic Party uh, basically committed, I mean, fraud uh, to kick Matthew Ho off the ballot in North Carolina. Uh, he was uh, is um, a veteran who ran for Senate in North Carolina. Uh, I think he doubled or almost doubled the amount of signatures he was supposed to get. But then uh, Democrats, because a couple, you know, maybe like a couple hundred were not valid or there was some type of discrepancy, uh, they said, you know, pox on all of them. And they temporarily got him kicked off the ballot. Uh, Have you dealt with any of those shenanigans yet? Or uh, are you waiting to see possibly if... Mr. West poll numbers go up anymore. Well, we're fully expecting more shenanigans. I mean, in North Carolina, they actually had people going, calling and going door to door, asking people to unsign the petition as if that's some kind of thing. Um, I expect we'll get in every state, we'll get challenged for our signatures, which is why we shoot for double the number. Like I said, in in Arizona, we need 37,000 valid signatures. We fully expect to turn in 70,000 just so that they can kick off a bunch and it won't affect us. Um, So, um, yeah, I I mean, we didn't have so much of it with Jill's campaign uh, in 2016, but I I think Cornell West is much more of a um, known name who will definitely draw votes from not just Democrats, but from people that wouldn't vote at all. Um, so yeah, we're, we're expecting the dirty tricks and the legal attacks. And you know, even if they don't succeed, they're gonna tie us up with our finances, with our time expense, our energy, media. You know, it's all gonna be um, a lot of energy we shouldn't have to spend to just, all we're asking to do is get on the ballot to give people a chance to vote for us. Well, I think that's uh, a component maybe a lot of people don't realize is, yeah, I mean, when you're running in the Democratic primary, there's some of that. I know, you know, for example, Justice Democrat candidates back in the day who uh, were dealing with uh, their signatures being invalidated, this and that. Uh, But in this case, I mean, the Democratic Party and in some cases, the Republican Party, if it's maybe the libertarian candidate, uh, they got a cartel of lawyers, (laughs) Yeah, uh, and the Green Party or whatever party you know doesn't. Yeah, so they could really they could really try to drain uh, resources uh, in each state uh, that yeah. they wanted. I just read that uh, the Biden campaign has hired a ballot access counselor, as if they're going to have any trouble getting on the ballot anywhere. So clearly, that counselor is not to make sure he's on the ballot; it's to try to eliminate competition through the judicial system and uh, instead of fighting you know, in the marketplace of ideas, which is what I thought we had when I was in high school, they told me that, but I guess it's not really true anymore or yeah. maybe never was. So yeah, no, they didn't, they didn't teach us quite a lot, particularly about uh, the truth about uh, our yeah. history with the native Americans. Uh, I learned the hard yeah. way at standing rock. Uh, I don't want to get too in the weeds and bore people, but I'd like to know, what kind of is the process? I mean, when I think about getting signatures, you know, for some things it's door to door, uh, for other things it's digital. I mean, how does it vary state to state? Obviously Cornell West is a known name, but how do you, how do you go about, uh, you know, getting the signatures? 
Well, it's different, but I mean, I would say 90% of it is we send our volunteers out to public events, you know, the county fairs, the state fairs, the farmer's markets, concerts, sports events, wherever people are gathering and they're relaxed. Um, and we just ask people, hey, do you think you should have more choices? And, you know, do you believe in Cornell West's message? And do you think he should be on the ballot so that if you want to vote for him, you can? It's not even... It's not even a hard sell, like, will you support Cornell West next November? It's, do you think you should have the option of being able to vote for someone other than a Democrat or Republican? Um, so we do that. Uh, we have, you know, organizationally, we have different leads in the different states and regions. And we just try to be where people are um, and ask them for a chance, you know, for democracy to work and for people to have a, a choice. Mm -hmm. Deb, you noticed a spike uh, since Jill Stein in terms of people interested in uh, a third party? I think there's a lot more people interested in a third party right now than there were. Um, every year that um, the polling has been done, more and more people say they want a third party. And I think um, not only that, Cornell West has a, a fantastic reputation. You know, he's a very well-known scholar and civil rights act activist an advocate and i think he's really drawing people in that maybe had given up already or had never participated so i feel very confident we're going to get on the ballot in all 50 states uh also can you kind of talk about um uh the specifics of lawsuits you said you're expecting uh some things what are the what are the kind of lawsuits that might come into play well we're um we have two lawsuits that we filed, one in Indiana, saying that 37,000 signatures is way too many to get for a person to just get on the ballot. And then in uh, New York, in the last legislative session, they shortened the period of time we need to, the shortened period of time we have to get the petitions down to six weeks. We need 45,000 signatures in a six week period, which is over a thousand signatures a day. And like I said, we wanna double that. Um, and they also made it much harder for a political party to stay on the ballot, um, which we haven't discussed today. But, you know, in, if you are on the ballot and don't get a certain number of votes in many states, they kick you off the ballot. And under the old laws, the New York Green Party and Libertarian Party would still be on the ballot today. But because they changed the laws, both of those parties have to petition again. So we, we've actively um, put our own lawsuits out there. And like I said, we won a lawsuit in Pennsylvania a few years ago to lower the threshold. Um, and we won a lawsuit in Oklahoma last year so that we, um, the, we can either get the, the huge amount of petitions that they require, or we can just pay a fee, which is $35,000 just to get on the ballot in Oklahoma, unless you're a Republican or Democrat and then they just put you on. But um, for the minor parties, you know, that's, pretty significant amount of money just to have your name printed on the ballot. I can't imagine it costs them that much to add one more line to their government printed ballots. And there's uh, a couple states specifically, you got Arizona, Delaware, Massachusetts, and Vermont that are in motion. Can you kind of talk about uh, what's involved in those states? Yeah, well, Vermont's unique in that um, you only have to advertise uh, town meetings and get people to come to town meetings in at least 10 towns in Vermont. 
And then uh, that creates um, a party ballot line for that party. And in Vermont, we're actually working with the Green Mountain Peace and Justice Party, which has been around since 1970. Actually, their first candidate for governor in 1970 was Bernie Sanders. Um, and um, there's also a progressive party in Vermont that is considering uh, nominating Cornell. Um, Delaware is unique in that if we just get one-tenth of one percent of the registered voters to register in the Green Party, um, we'll be on the ballot. And we're, we're very close to that right now. We need about maybe a hundred more people in uh, Delaware to register. Um, not really automatically, uh, but beyond without having to petition. And the map you showed, the website's called cornellwest4.us, for F-O-R, not the number, .us. And every state, if you click on it, you can see uh, what the requirements are and what the progress is in those states. Massachusetts also has that, but the requirement's 49,000 registered greens. And we're a long way from that, but we're encouraging people we're really encouraging people in all states to register in the Green Party or just to register to vote. I mean, if you're not registered to vote, now's the time to do it. And almost every state now allows you to register online just by going to your Secretary of State website. I don't know if you want to click on one of those states and I can go through it. Um, I don't remember what the other state you mentioned was, but in most of the states, um, we're doing petition drives, but in Vermont. Delaware, Delaware Massachusetts. Yeah, and Delaware and Massachusetts are two states that we can um, we can register people to vote online. And if we get enough people to do that before next summer, we'll be on the ballot without having to do a petition drive, which would be great. And not that you're uh, an expert on uh, across the pond, but uh, with these other countries that have many more parties than two, I suspect you uh, don't have to do this uh, to get on right. the ballot in each province. Right. That's, that's very true. Um, you know, we have proportional representation in almost every democracy in the country. So in Europe and Latin America, you know, if, if the Green Party gets 15% of the vote, they get 15% of the seats in the Congress or Parliament or whatever they have. You know, um, we have representation in government. We're part of coalition governments in five different countries in Europe, uh, Netherlands, Germany, uh, I can't think of all of them right off the top of my head. I've been more focused on the U.S. And, and same thing in Latin America. Um, you look at Mexico's Congress, there's about a dozen Greens in the lower chamber of the Congreso in Mexico. Uh, so, you know, it just makes sense. You know, in the U.S., we say you have two choices. In these other countries, you get five or seven or nine parties on the ballot, and it's a lot more likely someone's going to represent your values. When you have two choices... We have someone working on the campaign who's from Slovakia, and I said, you know, why should we only have two choices? And she said, well, that's only one more than we had when I was growing up in Slovakia. We only had one choice <laughs> during a, an election, you know, and it wasn't even real. So I thought that was really funny perspective from her to, to get. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think if we really want to call the U.S. a democracy, we need to move towards um, proportional representation for legislative bodies and ranked choice voting uh, for um, uh, single seat elections. And, and I watched your show last week when um, you were 
uh, analyzing the Meet the Press interview, to put it nicely. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's like, I want to tell all these Democrats, Axelrod and Carville and all them, if you're so scared of having a third choice in the election, pass ranked choice voting. Every state is going to have a legislative session between now and next November, and Congress is in session. If they really are scared, all they have to do is pass ranked choice voting. And then if they're right that everyone who would vote for a Green Party candidate would vote for a Democrat instead, we'll see that when the ranked choice results come out. How many people that vote for Cornell West are going to pick Joe Biden as their second choice? Right. Uh, so it would be it's the perfect solution instead of fear mongering and lawsuits. Um, just pass ranked choice voting. It's that simple. Well, that they might, uh, uh, contrary to all the huffing and puffing on MSNBC about democracy, uh, they might be a little worried that might actually bring out more people to vote <laughs> if you pass ranked choice voting, particularly, right. yeah. you know, the biggest voting bloc, uh, non-voters. Yeah. Not to say, you know, 100 million people would suddenly vote if you had ranked choice voting, but, you know, it might be more of a sell. But if you had five or six viable candidates, maybe 100 million people would come vote for the first time or for the first time in a long time. Um, that is a good point. So before, before we get into the politics, one more question on uh, the ballot access part. Uh, what what do you need from people? Because this is a state by state uh, issue. So do you need yeah. uh, volunteers in, in different states to help with? Uh, do you need attorneys? Yeah. Uh, what do you need? The most thing we the thing we most need is more volunteers to just get out there. Even if all you can do is print out the petition, get your friends, family and neighbors to sign it and mail it into our state organizers. That would be a huge thing to do. Um, and if you can spend two hours a week or two hours once a month going to, like I said, the farmer's market or wherever, or getting in touch with your state party leaders, um, that's what we really need. We need to create a people powered campaign. We're already doing it, but we need to you know, do it even more so. That's the number one thing you can do. If for whatever reason, you don't like talking to strangers, but you can send a small donation. That would be very appreciated too. So um, Cornell's website for um, just for general information and donations is cornellwest24.org. And the volunteer website is cornellwest4.us. And that's the site where you showed the map that people can click. If you live in South Dakota, click on South Dakota, it'll show you how to register to vote. It'll show you who you contact if you want to get involved. Um, all the information you need for every state. If you're in California and you're already on the ballot, can you be a green neighbor and travel to Nevada one week or Arizona one week and do some petitioning? Um, just we have as many ways we can think of to get help you get involved. Uh, through the two websites that we have right now. And does this, um, I'm sure it varies state to state, but is there a decent proportion of these states that if you get on the ballot presidential, that you're therefore on the ballot, down ballot as well? In all the states where we're petitioning for party access, which is all but 11, um, that would enable other people to run for office. In 11 states, there's just no way to do that. So we're only petitioning for Cornell West and New York's one of those, New Jersey's one of those. Um, so what it would do is in most of those 11 states, it would say Green Party. And then if Cornell gets enough votes, 
um, then in two years, the Green Party or whatever party he happens to be on would be able to run candidates, but not this year. Right. Right. So, and you know, we're, I just want to point out, um, I'm actually, I am a Green Party member, but I'm actually representing Cornell West's campaign. I'm um, on his staff and I'm working specifically for Cornell. And I want to see the Green Party get built uh, during this campaign. But like I said, in Vermont, we're looking at the Green Party, the Green Mountain Peace and Justice Party. In California, we're looking for two endorsements or nominations, I should say, one from the Green Party and one from the Peace and Freedom Party. In Alaska, we're forming a new party called the Aurora Party. So it's not just cut and dry Green Party. We're trying to build a multi-party coalition of the left uh, to, to really unite people. A lot of the members of the DSA are helping on our petition drives. Um, and we're seeking um, nominations from uh, the Legal Marijuana Party uh, in Minnesota and Nebraska. So we really, I think Cornell West is the biggest chance in my 30 years of doing this to really build a left coalition that will last just beyond, I mean, not just until November 2024, but beyond that. And really we can start to, you know, unite all these movements for peace, all the social movements, all the envir environmental movements. There's no reason for us to have be fragmented. We're all in this together against the corporate oligarchy. Um, and that's the nice thing about Europe too, is in um, the Netherlands, there's a green red coalition, the socialists and the green party are in government together and working together. And they don't see eye to eye on every issue, but they work together to get shit done. You know? Right. So. And by the way, uh, after you gave that uh, disclaimer, I should tell people, if for, for the uh, all the folks watching, status quo as we speak is seven subscribers away from 150,000. So if you're watching and you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button so we could get those seven subscribers and I could go to bed a happy man tonight. Uh, we should have been at a million by now, but YouTube's been fucking us ever since we started. Anyway, um, you know, it's interesting you say that because. Obviously, uh, I, I assume uh, you kind of rode the Bernie wave, but there was a lot of people disappointed because I think a lot of people kind of, you know, subconsciously put their stock so much in one figure, you know, Bernie uh, or uh, AOC in the squad, you know. So I kind of have looked at it not as a journalist, but as a human. Don't put all your apples in one basket ever again. You know, you could like certain figures like Cornell West, but no you got to uh, think broader. You know, uh, I've been telling my audience very much focus on all this union organizing, the workers strikes, tenants unions, mutual aids. Uh, why do you feel so confident, particularly in Cornell West? Because you've said in 30 years, uh, you think he represents the, the central figure to bring all these, uh, you know, fragmented sides together. Well, I, I, um, I can't speak for Cornell, but I feel like he knows he's part of a historical movement that's been building for centuries, really, in this country. If you look at everything, he, he knows his past and his roots, and he knows that there will be a future that uh, won't necessarily involve just him. And for me, that's why I am so excited about Cornell's campaign, is that I see you know, my perception of him as a man understanding his place in history 
and he has a huge following of people all across the spectrum. You know, he's a theologian, he's a scholar, he's an author, he's a civil rights activist, he's been an advocate for the underprivileged his entire adult life. Um, and that's something you just can't take lightly. He's not running for president for himself. He's running to, to be, to make sure people understand the importance of the electoral element of movements. You know, we all want to march. We all want to protest. We all want to make noise about how we're being treated unjustly. But if we don't translate that to votes, then the, the politicians, the elected leaders don't take us seriously because, you know, House of Representative candidate or uh, House of Representative representatives get a two-year term. They get sworn in on January 1st and on January 2nd, they're already thinking about their reelection. And if we're not challenging them at the ballot box, they don't have to take us seriously. When they're getting money from the 50 corporations on that wonderful flag behind you, and they're not getting challenged by anyone else, who are they going to, whose bidding are they going to do? Duh. Right. right. So if we can't translate our anger and our angst into votes, then we're just really spinning our wheels, unfortunately. I believe right. that since I first got involved in politics in 1995, I believe it today. Gotcha. And uh, keep those super chats coming. I'll read them at the end. You know, uh, obviously, there's been a lot of uh, chatter. I've gone through the clips. Uh, David Axelrod, James Carville, uh, just a lot of hyperventilating. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, I want to show this poll because that's the one they're focusing on now. Uh, it shows that tied, basically, uh, Trump and Biden head to head. Uh, Trump up by two. But if you add Cornell West in, uh, Trump plus five. I actually think that's deceiving because uh, Cornell West honestly hasn't even launched a campaign other than interviews yet. So I think it's pretty damn impressive. He's at 4%. <laughs> I think that number is going to go up if he actually has a campaign. Uh, and, you know, I don't know necessarily if that's going to be a bigger lead for Trump uh, once Cornell West number goes up or, or you know, vice versa. Yeah. It remains to be seen because I actually do think tr uh, Cornell West could appeal to some Republicans, not, you know, a ton, uh, but I think he could slice off votes uh, from a variety of buckets. But to me, uh, this is not going to be the narrative. Uh, if you could put it back up, Colin, to me, I think the more concerning thing is for the Democratic Party is the top part, <laughs> because take take Cornell West yeah. out. I mean, yeah. at no point in 2020 uh, w was Trump beating Biden head to head. Uh, uh, for, for the most part, Biden was up uh, by anywhere from four to seven to 10 points. Uh, there was yeah. some polls, but mostly Rasmussen, uh, you know, more conservative polls that you had Trump up. So the fact of the matter is you got a four-time indicted former president who's been disgraced every way to Sunday, uh, who honestly, I, I think there's now maybe 10 to 15% of the Republican party that uh, has turned on him. Uh, but he's defeating the, the president that's supposedly presiding over a strong economy I mean, I read this poll, if it were head-to-head -head, today, I would give the edge to Trump in, in a head-to-head -head election because, unfortunately, it comes down to just a couple states. I think right now Trump has a chance to take back Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. Uh, Michigan would be tougher. Uh, Georgia, you know, honestly, uh, we cover it. But I think what 
uh, the Democrats are doing in Atlanta, cutting down a forest and, uh, you know, being silent about uh, murdering environmental protesters, uh, silent about no. police arresting uh, protesters and charging them with domestic terrorism might cost them uh, Georgia, actually. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. what are your thoughts on the kind of narrative that the bottom is more important than the top? We shouldn't focus on that without Cornell West Biden at the mm. moment. It, it really is a crapshoot. Yeah. Well, I heard there have been over 100,000 people that have signed the petition to stop Cop City, which is pretty amazing and could really help uh, Cornell's campaign when he starts to petition because he's very clearly uh, opposed to Cop City. Um, and as far as the initial question, you know, the thing that's really misleading about these polls is they, they poll likely voters. And Cornell West is not going out after the likely voters. He's going to empower the people who don't vote, the disenfranchised and the people who've given up. Um, so to take a poll of likely voters is, you know, that's what they do because they're, they don't try to get more people to vote like you referred to earlier. It's like they're perfectly happy knowing who the base is. Um, and, um, you know, so Cornell's not out there trying to get Biden's votes, right? He's out there trying to get new people involved, like I said earlier, to make people who are out there protesting but don't vote or who just for whatever reason don't vote. That's our target is to get people involved in the process and to realize the process matters. You know, Biden has his voters, you know, he's welcome to them. There's the, the swing, the progressive Democrats, the Bernie Kratz, whatever you want to call them. And Cornell's going to make his case while he's the better person to vote for. But we're not out there trying to steal Trump's votes or steal Biden's votes. Let them earn their own votes. Meanwhile, we're going to go to the people and say, you really need to participate in this process. It affects you on a day-to-day -day basis, whether it's your sales tax, your property tax, your rent, you know, your kids getting arrested, your kids getting, being, you know, in really unsavory situation, the education system. I mean, we don't, I don't need to go through the litany of every, of the way, every way that the government interferes in our lives. Um, in some ways um, it's, it's, it's obvious, but um, yeah. So these polls, I just urge everyone to take them with a grain of salt. You know, right. these are the people that always vote that, Pretty much they're going to vote for Trump no matter what. They're going to vote for Biden no matter what. Let's start seeing some polls that talk to, you know, the non-voters and say, do you think you might vote this time? If Cornell West runs, would you register to vote and would you vote? You know, or on the right, if the libertarian candidate gets on the ballot in your state, would you register to vote and vote? Uh, we need a much healthier democracy than what we have right now. And that's part of what Cornell West is trying to do. Well, I also think there's another element to it. Uh, and frankly, uh, you're not going to really hear this on CNN's discussions, but Cornell West, from from the things he has stated, uh, part of the reason he's running Green Party, yes, he thinks the Democratic Party is kind of morally uh, morally corrupt, but he also doesn't think he could get a fair shake in a Democratic primary. So maybe the Democratic Party uh, is now the chickens are coming home to roost. If you continually rig the process, if you continually, you know, throw your full body on the scale, uh, maybe candidates that, you know, once upon a time would have uh, 
run in your primary. You know, Cornell West, I believe, supported uh, Jesse Jackson back in the day, the Rainbow Coalition, obviously Bernie. But if you continually rig the process, or in this case, you won't even have a process of a real primary, right. what, what are people supposed to do? Just waste two years of their life? Uh, do You know, a vanity run? Uh, he, he Outside of his views on uh, the decay of the Democratic Party, he doesn't feel or others might not feel they have a legitimate chance to run uh, and have a fair process in the Democratic primary. Yep, I totally agree. Um, you know, as I said before, I, I can't really speak on Cornell's behalf other than on ballot access issues, but it's clear from my perspective that um, you know the Democratic Party is where progressive politics goes to die. You know, year after year after year, we could go back, you know, my entire lifetime of just watching the progressives get smeared and and having elections get, you know, pretty much, you know, the whole superdelegate system within the Democratic National Convention that just lets the already existing office holders have way too much power and not people. And they claim to be the, pe the party of the people, but they're not. And it's so obvious in so many ways. Absolutely. And can you kind of talk about uh, just what you believe? Because I think this is now kind of, I don't know, the third or fourth cycle. You, you keep hearing the same thing. We got to stop fascism. We got to stop fascism. Uh, Bernie uh, recently came out, for lack of a better word. He said at this particular time, uh, at this particular moment, doesn't feel uh, we could kind of mess around with, uh, you know, uh, more choices. Uh, to me, I, I just feel like, yeah, there is a real threat of fascism. I think the same people saying this kind of forget about the corporate fascism within the Democratic Party. Uh, but when is the fascist threat going to go away? When will it be the time if each election, it's just not the time? It's this particular right. moment or this is the most important election of our lifetime. Yeah. No, I mean, that's what they're going to continue to trot out. You know, and I've been hearing it since 1995. It's like, oh, not yet, not yet. And here I am almost 30 years later and I'm still being told not yet, not yet. You know, when I first got involved in politics, I hadn't been involved other than to vote. And it was just like, you're spoiling our election by participating in it. And I'm like, that's not what democracy means. My point of view is as equally as important as my neighbors and anyone else's. And the more participation we have, the better. Um, yeah, fascism's real threat. I mean, if Trump gets elected again, God knows what he'll do. He's a madman, um, you know. But as you alluded to, the Democratic Party is, you know, just as uh, complicit in destroying our planet through their reliance on oil and gas money. You know, I live in New Mexico. Like half of our state budget here is funded by oil and gas uh, ex excise fees. Um, so it's like drill, baby, drill, and it's Democrats, you know, and they're totally enabling that. Um, people who are serious about pacifism are not going to vote for Biden. You know, the F-16s he sent to Turkey just to, so we could increase NATO, the, all the, you know, weaponry he's sending to Ukraine. The people who are pacifists don't like that. Real environmentalists are not going to vote for Biden the way he promised wind and is promoting oil and gas instead. 
the list goes on. People who are passionate about issues like we are, are not going to vote for Biden. So if there's no Cornell West in there, they're not going to vote at all. And then we have a, a enfeebled democracy. So well, it's, I also it's in our I, country's, let me just finish. It's in our country's best interest to have Cornell West on the ballot in every state because then more people will vote. And frankly, not to cut you off, but um, you know, we're not going to have candidates in every Senate race and every congressional race and every governor race. So people that come out specifically because they're empowered by Cornell West are going to end up voting for Democrats for Senate and Congress. It would actually help the Democratic Party to have Cornell West on the ballot in every state. But they're too blinded to see that. Sorry. How do you think uh, the current moment, uh, as far as obviously UPS just won uh, a big contract, uh, UAW, uh, it's all but certain, uh, I think it's 15 days now, uh, is going to go on strike potentially against all three, uh, General Motors, Ford, Stellantis. Uh, you got the uh, airline workers are now going on strike. Uh, there's been workers uh, in Pennsylvania that have been on strike for a while. Obviously, uh, there's nurses in New Jersey at a big hospital on strike. Uh, we know the actors uh, and writers have been on strike uh, for a while. Uh, there's, you know, I don't like using the term, but there, there is a strike wave uh, that's been going on. I think the UAW in particular uh, will be a big one because it seems to have a more militant uh, leadership there uh, as opposed to, you know, the good old corrupt <laughs> embezzlement days. Uh, what do you think in terms of kind of the connection between uh, it's certainly not, you know, the 19, uh, 1950s, 60s, but it's better than uh, it has been in terms of labor right now. Uh, what do you think of that connection and, uh, you know, Cornell's campaign? Well, it shows definitely the power that unions and organized labor have right now. And it's great to see them exercising that power. And I would just say to people that are in those movements that, you know, as I said earlier, the Green Party, Cornell West are the electoral arm of that movement. The Democrats, they either stand aside or give lip service to it. Um, they're, they shouldn't have to be on strike. The um, Congress and the state legislatures should be making laws that make it, you know, guaranteed minimum wage, guaranteed benefits, guaranteed health care, all these things. The Democrats have had a century to do. I mean, this <laughs> labor movements are not new. Um, and the, de the Democratic politicians have not responded accordingly and used the power that they have. And instead, people have to go on strike. And if we right. get um, we get people who understand these issues elected, then we would see fewer strikes and better labor conditions and better pay and better benefits for everybody. Absolutely. And I want to give one example, not, not connected to labor, but honestly, I mean, if Joe Biden would have fought, I mean, they did one decent thing, I think, which was the child tax credit. I mean, it's not a revolution, but it's real money that went to people who needed it. I don't know about the whole cutting poverty in half. I think that was more a talking point, but it definitely helped. Uh, but they said it for a year. And because you had a president that just would not use the bully pulpit against uh, Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema, uh, it expired. So when you're running, uh, when you're running for reelection and the main thing you could point to is, hey, we did something good for a year <laughs> that 
could be in place permanently, but, you know, neoliberalism. Uh, yep. So clearly uh, part of the problem here is, uh, you know, they just twist themselves into pretzels with rationalizations for why they can't do things. I actually think if that would have been put in place for a longer term, you might not have uh, the polls currently separate from Cornell West, but just the head to heads. That's a concrete yep. policy that Biden could have been running on. Yep. And there's a very similar thing with ballot access. Um, during COVID, many, many states allowed candidates to have their petition signed electronically because we were on lockdown. We could go, you, so in different states, you could go to the Secretary of State's website or the candidate's website, put your name on the petition, and it would count. And people got on the ballot that way. And because COVID is over, supposedly, no one's getting sick anymore, I guess. Um, and there's no more lockdowns. Almost all those states have rescinded that. And it's just it's like it, our petition drive would be so much simpler if people could do that. In most states, they have electronic records. You can register to vote online. Like 98% of the signatures that come in for candidate petitions electronically are valid. And maybe 70% are valid when you're out at the mall gathering signatures. And in Arizona, if you're in the major party, you can have electronic signatures. But if you're trying to be a minor party candidate or start a new party, you can't. It's right. just like, just to bring it back to the ballot access question, it's like these Democrats and Republicans are doing everything they can to make it more difficult instead of easier to have multiple choice in our elections. Right. And by the way, you know, not a popular thing. And the media doesn't want to talk about it. Anecdotally, uh, my niece, nine months old, uh, she had COVID when she walked. She has COVID when she walked in or when my brother took her in. Uh, the doctors basically told her. Hey, yeah, everybody here has COVID. This was like three days ago. Uh, all the kids coming in have COVID. Uh, I was just told uh, hospitals near me uh, uh, in the Northeast uh, right now fill filled with COVID. Uh, so, you know, people are tired of it, this and that, but it exists. And separate from the health ramifications, you have a Biden uh, White House that declared an end to the emergency. So now you got to to get uh, a test or a vaccine. You're looking at over one hundred dollars. So most people yeah. aren't even going to bother with either. Uh, right. uh, on a happier note. Breaking news. We have Breaking thousand subscribers. So thank you to the. All right. Um, Holy cow, that's exciting. Uh, that is really exciting. Uh, I wish I wish it was a lot more, uh, but you got to crawl before you can walk. Uh, occasionally, YouTube, uh, you know, takes takes its uh, foot off off our uh, necks. Uh, but it's been a, a tricky road to get exposure on this channel, particularly when you're covering stuff that no one else is. But thank you, thank you to uh, everybody who's been subscribing. We've definitely gone up in the last uh, recent weeks, and uh, happy you could be on uh, for that. Uh, last question, you know, to me overall, we can't constantly, uh, you know, be in this wave uh, of elections and people get excited, whether it's, you know, seems a long time ago, Bernie, but now Cornell, but then if Cornell gets screwed or he underperforms, people go back to sleep, this and that. How do you take this energy right now? Cause you're seeing people kind of excited again for Cornell's run, green party run, obviously. You know, we're not going to bullshit people. It, it's an uphill climb to win the presidency third party these days. But I think it's very realistic. He could do better than 5%. Uh, Ross Perot got 
uh, what was it, almost 20 million votes uh, 30 years ago. So I don't see why Cornell West can't do a lot better than 5%. Uh, how do you uh, take right now the energy you have for third-party candidate, uh, Cornell West in particular, and make that a long-lasting thing? Because I think one of the problems was uh, Bernie lost, and everybody's got an opinion about you know him dropping out, endorsing uh, uh, Biden, et cetera. But he basically just left his or organizing infrastructure to whittle away. I mean, uh, at one point he had more uh, people in his slack than DSA had. Uh, obviously, a lot of those people would have went would have went away anyway because they were not happy with the insider uh, moves he made. But you can't just have uh, kind of these flash in the pan, exciting things around Cornell West, around Bernie, and then everybody goes away. You're going to need right. to build up an infrastructure that is there for the long term, whether the candidate uh, you know, wins, loses, does better than expected, does worse than expected, pisses you off after they exit. Uh, how do you energi uh, harness this energy for a long lasting infrastructure? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and in some ways the infrastructure, it might not be an infrastructure so much as asking people to just act on their own and empowering them to do that by making them aware you know, I work on elections. It's what I'm passionate about because I think I can really make changes. But after November, our legislative session starts in January. I pick one or two issues and I follow them. This last year, it was community solar and um, also empowering um, people with tax breaks to put up solar and communities and cities to put up solar. And even if you just follow one issue, even if you just make a few phone calls during the legislature, or maybe it's something more local than that. You know, do you know who your city councilor is? Do you know who your county commissioner is? It's up to each individual to find that out. And you know, everyone cares about something. You know, whether it's daycare for their children, or whether it's raising the minimum wage, or whether it's environmental or pacifist issues. There's a lot of groups out there, and um, you know, the Cornell West campaign is trying to unify politically on people on the left, but. Also, there's a lot of people that care about Cornell that care about different issues. And I would just encourage everyone on that's viewing this today or whenever they're viewing it, um, you know, what, what issues really matter to you and who makes the decisions around that? Educate yourself, talk to your neighbors, you know, get to know your neighbors and talk about things that are affecting your own little neighborhood or that you really deeply care about at a national or international level. And just take action. You don't need an infrastructure. You don't need an expert to tell you your opinion and what to do about it. You can figure that out on your own. Um, you know, the Cornell West campaign is going to come and, and go, and may, he may be here. He may win. He may be in the White House. He may run again in four years. We don't know. The Green Party is not going anywhere. I mean, it's going to be around. If you don't know how to um, how to access your government. Try to contact your local Green Party or Socialist Party and say, you know, who are the people I should talk to? But um, it's hard to motivate people between elections who only care about elections. But if it, you know, why do you care about elections? What issue is it that makes you want to be involved with Cornell's campaign or with any other campaign? And then how do you, in between elections, do it? Uh, I have a lot of faith in people. We're, we're smart people, humans, and we can figure out how to get stuff done. Um, so I would just, that, that's my answer is there doesn't necessarily need to be an infrastructure. Um, but, you know, 
what was it Margaret Mead said? Never doubt that a small group of committed citizens uh, can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. And it can be a very small group that can make a lot of changes. I, mean, I remember in Santa Fe when we went to uh, try to get a, a living wage for people, the first meetings we had about that were 10 or 12 people, and, and it grew from there um, because people saw the energy and they agreed with the principle. And the same thing with right. when we helped create a bus system back in the late 90s where there had never been a, any public transportation at all. There was one very corrupt taxi company that you know had ties to all the corrupt Democratic politicians, and we said, this isn't right. And within like five years, there was a bus system in Santa Fe because a small group of people got together and made it happen. Right. Absolutely. And uh, one more time showing the map, uh, just to remind people, you guys compared to Jill Stein, uh, what is it? Six, seven years ago at this time, uh, seemed to be ahead of where you were at that point. So there is a chance you could be on the ballot yep. uh, in almost all 50 States. Yep. We're way ahead um, of where we were with, with Jill Stein's campaign in 2016. So, um, you know, our tough ones are going to be New York and Georgia and Arizona. And we're really proving in Arizona that we're going to get it done. Um, Georgia and New York are different beasts because, like I said, New York's going to have six weeks starting, I think it's the second week of April, um, to get it done. Illinois is another one. They've got only 90 days to get 25,000 signatures. But we did that in 2016. We had turned in. 54,000 signatures, even though we only needed 25 because there was an organized effort and a lot of enthusiasm. And I think we can do that in Georgia and New York. So everyone who's out there, please register to vote if you're not. And please go to that map at cornellwest4.us. Click on your state and see how you can get involved. And that's F-O-R. Uh, Cornell West, F-O-R uh, dot U-S. Uh, thanks, Rick. Uh, we'll definitely stay in touch uh, as Thanks. more fuckery abounds because I'm sure there will be. Uh, and well, not on your part, but on uh, Democratic Party's establishment. Uh, Pennsylvania, that's one I'm looking at because they do not want the Green Party on the ballot uh, in any of these states, but I don't think they no. uh, want them in Pennsylvania for sure. Uh, thanks, Rick. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Have a great day. Absolutely. You too. Uh, let's hit some super chats. Got some other uh, things to talk about too. Tony, thank you for your work. You're the best. Thank you, Tony. Uh, Venetia, David, uh, we got uh, 10 pounds. Looking forward to the book, Jordan. Keep up the excellent work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let me tell you something. Uh, this man, at so sometimes I wish I was a fiction writer. Not that that's easier, but it is very, very difficult to, on one end, write uh, a story on, in my view, the biggest government cover-up of the 21st century, the Flint water cover-up, uh, to make it not like a white paper, but make it interesting and make it flow and make it entertaining, while also going back through like seven years of documents. So I'm like in writing mode, but also combing through documents mode, and it's, it's a lot. Uh, but hopefully um, I have an agent now and we'll be pitching publishers after Labor Day. Uh, so hopefully uh, we will get a publisher because I'm hoping, hoping if there is a God uh, to get a book publisher and get this out next year. Uh, Justin was supposed to be on with us, but phone wasn't cooperating. He's a, uh, also 
uh, making efforts in the ballot access for Cornell West and the Green Party. $20. Thank you. Sorry, my phone wouldn't cooperate. Uh, hopefully next time I can find solid Wi-Fi. In regards to polling, let's see Cornell's approval, disapproval numbers. He will crush Biden and Trump. That is that is very important. Uh, Bernie was uh, crushing Hillary, Trump, uh, Biden, Trump. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Cornell West uh, is going to just neuter uh, both of them in terms of approval, disapproval. And I agreed with Rick. Uh, don't take a lot of stock in these polls yet. Uh, Justin B., another 10 buck, Cornell's Congress. That's one way uh, we make a lasting effect. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like I said, uh, thank you, thank you. We got a couple more subscribers. So now we're over 150,000, uh, which means we got to set our eyes uh, uh, bigger and better. So 200,000 and beyond. Uh, tomorrow is September 1st. So as we've been covering uh, extensively here, uh, it looks like we are going to have a massive, massive strike uh, within 14 days. Uh, if everything goes the way I think it's going to go, I would like to be on the ground for that strike. That would be the auto workers, uh, the United Auto Workers, as I covered yesterday, uh, our, our uh, Canucks uh, across the border might be going on um, strike as well. Uh, the auto workers in Canada, uh, their contract ends four days after the auto workers here in America. Uh, but I need you. So if you're not yet a status quo member, please, please sign up today. Uh, we are, as far as I know, one of the only independent outlets that uh, goes all over this country uh, covering important stories that the corporate media covers up. Let me repeat, covers up. Uh, we are one of the few outlets constantly on the ground uh, covering in the trenches all these important stories. I want to be on the picket lines, uh, possibly in Mich Michigan, Ohio, uh, some other uh, places where auto workers are going to be on strike. Uh, this is 150,000 workers that might be on strike. So even if it's 40 to 50,000 boots on the ground of those 150,000, that's a shit ton of people. And that would probably be the biggest strike we've had in decades. Uh, so we definitely, definitely want to be there. Please, please help us do it. Five to 10 bucks a month. We have no money from big banks, no money from the fossil fuckers, no money from big pharma, big real estate, Silicon Valley, the military industrial complex, uh, or any of the corporate ghouls purchasing the Democratic or Republican Party. We are built through you. So if it's within your means, please, please sign up today. Uh, we definitely, definitely uh, need to grow more in our paid membership. YouTube subscribers are great but our model is paid membership. So super, super important. Uh, Lewis was just on the ground in East Palestine. We still have uh, some of those interviews we need to release. Uh, of course, uh, Tina has been uh, down to Georgia twice within the last few months uh, covering Cop City. Uh, John Farina has been covering great stuff for us uh, around New York, New Jersey, elsewhere. Uh, he and I are going to go back and cover the nurses strike that's going on in New Jersey. They're going on a month strong. Uh, so we might do that uh, next week. Uh, he's covering some stuff this weekend. So uh, we got a lot going on and you are uh, the fine uh, guys and girls that are helping us do it. So please, please continue uh, signing up if you can. Statuscoup.com slash join. Uh, become a member for as low as five bucks a month. Super helpful. Um, that's all I got today. Uh, I will cut this up uh, for social media also, uh, but definitely get involved. That's uh, Cornell West. Uh, dot us uh, cornell west four uh, dot us uh, did a video earlier on aoc another uh, really horrendous puff piece so go check that out uh, check out my video on uh, the uaw and canada 
uh, might be going on strike as well. Am I forgetting anything, Colin? Uh, no, are we, or did you mention we also have a video coming out for, from a cop city protest as well? Oh yes, we do have another video coming out, uh, from a cop city protest. So that'll be tonight, I think, or tomorrow. I forget. Also get your behind to our store. Statusco.com slash store. Have you gotten your United Corporations of America shirt yet? Have you gotten your fossil fucker shirt? Have you gotten your capitalism shirt? Shout out to my wife who came up with that. Capitalism, C-O-P, Italism. Have you gotten your Poison States of America shirt? We got a lot of cool gear, new shirts, new designs in the Stickers store. Stickers also. Stickers also. Uh, so that's another great way to show your status pride and also uh, help us get a couple more bucks in revenue. Uh, we'll probably do a members call next week uh, for whoever asked. Uh, so stay tuned for that after Labor Day. Uh, so that's all we got. Do you sell the flag behind you? I really wish I could, but it is not our uh, owned and operated flag. I shouldn't tell you where I got it because those motherfuckers, when I reached out to them saying, hey, all my viewers want to buy the flag. Maybe we could do some kind of like, you know, promo status coup and you could throw us a couple bucks for each flag you sell. Uh, they told me where to go shove it. Uh, it's adbusters, even though I shouldn't tell you, uh, adbusters.com. You could get the flag. Maybe we'll design our own upside down to show the state of America with our own spin on the corporations. Um, that's all I got. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, we'll be back here tomorrow and remember status slash join. You can become a member for as low as five to $10 a month. Really, really helpful. Take care.